Hey guys, welcome to the Shrewsbury Biscuit Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Whiteley, and joining me today is Tat FB. Thank you so much. It's finally got you on the show properly. Oh, well, here I am. Thank you for having me, Alex. It's, it's, I've been dying to get you on for... We were just talking in the cafe just a second ago. Uh, was it last June or something? It was. It was last June. Well remembered, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, somebody reminded me uh, a few seconds ago. Uh, we're coming up to two years with the biscuit um, next month. Uh, no, no, November, yeah, next month. And um, it's gone so quickly. And mm. I was just talking to you about sort of how things sort of mould into one with what we're doing here. Because I live shows, I live, we- I live my life week by week, show by show. Mm-hmm. And that sounds really weird. But like all the time that goes into recording these, editing these, releasing these, it does just sort of mould into one. So I'm, I'm so glad that we finally got you on the show. Because <laughs> last time we, we spoke for like 10 minutes, I think yeah, it was, something like yeah. that. Yeah, we were sharing a very small desk, weren't we, and we participate. Were. We were. And I don't think I've ever been so cold in June as I was down. I mean, bless them. It's and a thank very you for hosting, but wow, it was cold. It was tile floors, uh, very hard surfaces, and it, yeah. was, yeah, it was quite cold. That was that was a weird day for me, i got to say, because I didn't quite know what to expect. Mm-hmm. I was like, can I turn... Because I... I, I I didn't have this stuff. All the stuff's upgraded now, but I had the big mixer and the, the, the battered old microphones mm-hmm. and the rickety mic stands. And um, I turned up and I was kind of like, yeah, I'm here to do this. I'm just going to sit here and speak to people. And they're like, you are? <laughs> <laughs> and you very kindly was like, I can scoot because you had your display. Everybody had this displays and there was people working on art. And that yeah. was the idea of the open art studios that people could see people. Yeah doing art so I've, thank you for that because you made me feel welcome in a place I was, I was feeling a little bit awkward minute by minute I was feeling a bit more awkward you know so thank you for that well we were we were invited in there because we were um, myself and Karen Silla who was exhibiting with me yes we don't have studios either we don't have studios full stop or we certainly didn't have studios that people could come and visit so that's why we were um, able to go down and use that space so people could come and see. It's really important, I think, for people to see how art, especially younger people, to see how art is produced because mm-hmm. sometimes, I mean, people come in and see, I mean, your art is very kindly just on the wall there. Oh, there? Yeah, yeah. I didn't even see that. Yeah, you, I, I, that's a really nice thing that you did for me when we first moved across the way, you brought in some art to put on our wall, which was really nice. But people might walk past that and be like, oh, cool. Yeah. You don't realise what's actually gone into that. Yeah. So the open art studios, I think, is fantastic. Um, I hope that hope next year everything goes back to normal and we can do something similar. Yeah, because I think it's every two years. Isn't it's every it? two yeah, years. Yeah, I think that, that oh. open studios. We'll have to do it with a bang next year. Then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I keep saying twenty twenty one is going to be like the biggest year in, in history. Mm. You know, if if this all goes away, um, and they dump something, you know, some some mist of cure over this town of every town, like it's going to be like a crop this, sprayer. Yeah, that's like what in we're north by do. northwest. Yeah, um, <laughs> if that happens, then everybody's going to want to party. Um, before we go properly into the inter- interview, I want to say thank you for bringing me in Shrewsbury Biscuits, actual Shrewsbury. Shrewsbury Biscuits. Well, you see, they're probably not actually Shrewsbury Biscuits because uh, you were saying that Dee has a, has a ruck with Shrewsbury Biscuits, and I don't blame her but because they're dull. They are, aren't they? You yeah, know, yeah. like a vaguely lemony biscuit, and if you're lucky, you get a handful of currants. Yeah. Do try one. Um, so what I've done is I've done a lemony shortbread and I put black currant in the middle. So I thought, well, I'm not putting currants in because it's not 1955. Who eats currants? <laughs> Let's have some black currant marshmallow in there. These are so, awesome. Um, I'm, I'm going to do the cringy Instagram pictures because you've got to see these things. They're awesome. This is podcast gold. Are you going to talk while you eat? I'll have a nibble. I'll have a nibble. Um, is this, this is a test of your professionalism if you can actually absolutely. eat. Absolutely. <laughs> 
I'm a thing about I'll eating. I'll do one as well, and then it could be two people eating, mm-hmm. talking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've got a thing about eating as well, so um, I, I understand people, but I'm not, I'm not allowed to eat it, so here we go. I'm going to try it now. Oh, he's bitten it. He's chewing it. Wow. He's thinking about it. Wow. wow. Hold on, I'm going to go in now. Mm-hmm. Mm. Amazing. Amazing. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's all right, isn't it? That, that beats a... Well, this would have to be the Shrewsbury Biscuit podcast, Shrewsbury Biscuit. Yeah. I've named it doubly for you. There you go. Yeah. We can have, have another bite, our, actually. Sorry. Fit. No, this is great. I'm just mm-hmm. nibbling on this. <laughs> if you could taste the yeah, like, taste waves come through the podcast. <laughs> yeah. you taste, so the biscuit's like, got like a lemon zang thing to it. And then mm. you've got the blackcurrant marshmallow in the middle, which is great. Awesome. Well, that's what I did this morning. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> You made these this morning, wow. Well, I made the marshmallow this morning. I didn't make the, the biscuits I made yesterday. Bless you. Thank oh. you so much. I always say people bring me food. We're best friends. That's it forever. Good. That's but it. I feel like um, over the last year, we got to know each other quite well. Simply on Instagram, really. Yeah. I mean, we, that's the best thing about Instagram. Is you can show support, share support. and um, I love a lot of what you do because a lot of what you do is very fun. Mm-hmm. Very light-hearted, very fun. And, and yeah. In today's world, in today's world, you need that, right? You do, yeah. 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 It's, um, it's, it's a special thing when you can just switch off for a couple of seconds for on Instagram and not, not see any pouty fish face you call girls <laughs> yeah. and just have something yeah. about what you're doing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I want to say a few thank yous as well, actually. This is a weird place to put these thank yous, but I've got to do them at the beginning. I want to say a huge thank you to Shane Hinton, our Shane. Um, <laughs> he's been spending like... I think it's two hours and one hour sort of slots sort of trying to fix my, my French piece of pants car. It keeps breaking. <laughs> it's still not fixed. And um, when it's his day off or when he's got time off, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and the first day it was, like, it was raining. He was lying on the floor. He was drenched. And this was the day after I'd taken This was the same day I'd taken him to A&E because he'd gone over on his ankle. Oh, so God. I felt terrible. I felt terrible about the whole thing. But so thank you, Shane, for that. And also to Chris Goff, um, uh, we haven't put the adverts together. We're going to do some adverts for him because he's helping us. Uh, the biscuit's changing. We're going to be turning into a CIC. A CIC, CIC, yeah. which is a community interest company. Um, because I feel like we, we're growing. I mean, it's amazing to see the growth of this show. I think it's just like you see those figures go up and up and up. Uh, the amount of people coming to us to come on the show, uh, the comments that we get, all these sort of things that you see just makes you feel so happy. But then you're like, I want to grow. I want to I wanna, uh, like sort of advance and involve the show. So we need more resources. Mm-hmm. So that's why we're doing that. Um, so he's helping me put all this together. So thank you, Chris, for that. Um, let's talk about um, a bit about you because obviously it was such a long time ago I spoke to you people might not have heard your interview yet mm-hmm. uh, ventured right the way back when <laughs> <laughs> um, what was your what was your entrance into into art and, and to what you do now where did it all begin for you well um, specifically into what I do now it's pretty much like anything else I've done in my life which was a massive accident <laughs> so I was happy, um, happy accident yeah yeah mostly happy accidents um I was a advertising creative professionally for years. A bit like Mad Men. You know, Absolutely, the... totally like Mad Men. Did yeah. we talk about that before? I always say I'm no. like Peggy Olsen, but with a less tragic home life. <laughs> <laughs> I love that show. Yeah. Uh, go and watch Mad Men. It's amazing. I, I need to watch it again, actually. I watched it, oh God, it was 10 years ago, I think. Yeah. I, started, I remember watching 
starting to watch it. It was one of those shows where they were like, uh, they they put loads of love and attention into the build-up, and then they were just like, yeah, just end it. (laughs) It was one of those shows. Yeah, I invented the Coke advert. There you go, end. (laughs) (laughs) Curtain down. Yeah. yeah. Um, Um, So it was exactly like Mad Men, if you can sort of imagine that, but less glamorous. I worked in Wolverhampton and not to do down Wolverhampton, but it's not Manhattan. So, you know, <laughs> the, the, the suits were less sharp. So I was a copywriter. Um, so I, I wrote the words to adverts. I had ideas for adverts. I'd work with an art director. Um, so again, probably I never count that as a proper job because it was tremendously good fun. It really, I mean, like, we worked in a loft style building with bare brick walls and a pool table and oh, wow. you basically went in every day and you had a laugh with people who were incredibly funny and clever and I'm blowing smoke up their bums now saying that because some of them might hear it, <laughs> but it was such good fun. Um, so I did that and then because I was living in Shrewsbury and I was having to travel a long way to Wolverhampton mm-hmm. and I had two small children at the time and we just sort of thought, you know what I'm not I'm not sure I can carry on doing this because there's a lot of late nights there's you know if you've got a pitch that comes in or you haven't something's gone pear-shaped so you have to stay and you could be there until 11 o'clock at night which you can't do when you've got you know very small children is it a real dog-eat-dog sort of professional or is it very inclusive like well certainly in the places I've worked it always felt very inclusive I mean you're 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 in massive competition with other agencies and you know there's there's only so much money out there there's only so many clients out there particularly when you're in a regional advertising agency Mm. so that aspect I think was very I guess a big company is not going to be like oh we're going to stick with him because he's a really nice guy it's going to be like what's going to make us more money yeah Absolutely, yeah. yeah. That makes sense. And someone will come in and say, I'll do that cheaper. (laughs) (laughs) Not better, but cheaper. Yeah. Uh, During during that time, what was like, sort of like your piece de resistance, your your, your amazing piece? What's the best bit that you did or put together with a team? Well, the one, the only one I can ever remember when people say, what did you used to do or what was your best thing was, it's terrible. And it was a miracle it ever got through. And um, this is one of the less glamorous clients we had was Calagas. And I was writing about a bulk tank for liquid petroleum gas. And I just wrote the incredible bulk, right? <laughs> it's a pun. You're not really allowed to do puns, but someone was obviously looking the other way and it got through. So mm. that was there on this piece of literature. And it, you know, it was that in itself wasn't a great big campaign, but it's the one that always makes me chuckle because I actually managed to get a pun through because they're very much frowned upon, which is probably why now most of my work, now I can please myself. Yeah, yeah heavily pun based because you can you know you can squash it down but it's like a, a whack-a-mole it'll pop up somewhere else won't it? <laughs> you can't stop me punning uh, your puns are the best they are the best um so in that is i mean when you watch mad men i know that this was this that thing was set in the 50s and 60s and you know uh, the whole point of that was to illustrate the sort of toxic masculinity of that sort mm-hmm. of uh, industry was it like that when you were was had it completely gone by the time you were doing it or was it still kind of there well i was never i've never been aware of that and i don't know you know when me too came out yeah i just thought god what's been happening to other people in these other companies because i don't know if i was just incredibly lucky and i worked with properly decent people Mm -hmm. because as a female creative you're not sometimes literally on your own but there are not that many of you it's mostly men um i've i worked with um a a woman called christelle and she's still my friend and we were the two female creatives in a whole department 
And then when I moved on and she moved on, we went our separate ways. And then I was, you know, very often the only female in a all-male creative department. And as I was saying, I just, when all this Me Too stuff came out, I thought, my God, I've been so lucky to work with decent people mm. because I never got not even a sense of that. And if I was in, if my career was hampered in any way, I didn't know about it. Yeah. So I think I, I was very lucky and I well, said work with decent people. I'm glad. Mm. Yeah, so in that case, it must have like, it must have been, and I know you do what you do for family. Um, I'm a family guy myself. Um, so when you stepped away from that, it must have been mm. quite painful for you, right? Or was, did you have something to step into? Uh, it, well, I missed the people. Mm -hmm. I really did because, like I was saying to you, it was such a fun atmosphere to yeah, go and work. Yeah, imagine it sounds so great. So you would, table. you know, wow. you would, yeah, you'd leave your children behind and you would go and get on the train and you would just walk into an office, have a coffee, and then shout some jokes around. And everyone, there was lots of laughter and lots of, you know, piss taking. <laughs> exactly. And so when I stepped away from that, that was the thing that I really missed. And you'd kind of go, oh, I thought it was something really funny, and you turn around and there'd be no one there to share it. With. <laughs> <laughs> and at that point. I wasn't on social media so I couldn't even you know put it out there yeah, it was yeah. just like hmm. and that was where I thought well I've you know lucky enough to not have to work at the moment so what hmm. am I going to do with myself and that's when I picked up a pencil and started to draw because I'd written for so long and I hadn't drawn really since GCSE art and that had always been something I'd loved doing but it had kind of fallen by the wayside as I sort of pursued the writing more and I, I guess um, with a background in advertising, you kind of know where to go to, to get things illustrated and, and, you know, put into magazines, etc. cetera. Mm. Um, was that, a good, you know, was that um, an advantage for you? No, no, not at all. They, I mean, those, those, world, well, those worlds actually were, were sort of completely separate because when I started drawing, it wasn't because I thought I wanted to be a cartoonist. I just wanted to see if I could draw again. With an um, idea, maybe I could write some, you know, picture books or draw some picture books and things like that. Um, so I had no ambition, you know, further than actually, can I draw this face well enough? Oh, okay. Because at the moment I'm drawing it so badly, it's making me cry. It's just a bit of practice. <laughs> you know? A bit of practice. Get, yeah. You know, get, let's get so it was very low stakes. Yeah. And then the from that sort of the cartoons, like I say, happened by accident because I was drawing certain things and then writing captions on them and they were kind of funny as I they kind of you know when you sort of something starts to gel you sort of if you've got any sense you follow it don't you and you yeah. sort of see what its logical conclusion is and you kind of you know and again if you've got a bit of staying power you stay and you pick away at it and you just keep going and I kind of have <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've I've sat next to you. I've I've sat and watched you do your work, and I, at the time, I was kind of I was like, you were trying to work, and I was kind of like, whoa, that's amazing! Oh my god, is well, that's great. And I think I was just, drawing Robin Hood at the time, wasn't I? And you, I think you were looking at a hat or something, and you just literally pulled something up on your tablet, like, okay, and you drew it, and I was like, what? How do you do that? How do you just look at something and just like, yeah, I know how to draw that now. That's just unbelievable to me. But that is uh, all. That is is practice. It's, mm. it's a muscle, like, and, it, and it's not even a physical muscle almost. I mean, obviously you have physical muscles in your hands and your arms and your fingers that are making the pen move. Yeah. But it's um, just kind of knowing and it becoming a thing that's other than something you're thinking about. It becomes a natural yeah. thing. And you only sort of get to that stage where you're relaxed enough that it's all coming out of your pen by doing it every, well, every day I mean, and I, just keeping I, on going. 
I've got a massive, uh, you know, I've, I've spoken to you, um, I'll best finish off that sentence, um, uh, <laughs> admiration for artists. Anybody that can do something that I can't, whether it's musicians, art, you know, physical artists, painters, authors. Um, I mean, I can write, but I should never have the time to. And I, you know, I can, blah, blah, blah. Um, But I, anybody that can do that, I have a great admiration for because... Um, I, I can't, and I, I'd really like to. I'd love to play in a band, and I'd love to be able to draw cartoons. I, one of my first, um, you know, you ask your kid, what are you going to be when you're older? And I say cartoonist. I was a big fan of Garfield. I yeah. love those Garfield yeah, books. Me they, were, too, yeah. they were so brilliant. Mm-hmm. And my mum, she bought me um, how to draw comic books thing for Christmas one year, um, a poster with like faces like cartoon faces and I would sit there practicing them uh, and I can do them today those mm-hmm. those faces but I never progressed mm-hmm. um, because I, sat, I went to art class I did art in GCSE and the people in that class just blew me away and I was just like I'm not that good I'm mm-hmm. not as good as him like my friend Ryan Perrin who designed my Thorskin logo yeah. um, I, I love him to bits but he, he could have walked into a Marvel Walked yeah. straight into Marvel, bam, um, and I was just blown away by that. Like, intimidated me mm. a bit, I guess. But I think there's there's sort of the the drawing I do doesn't have to be exceptional, mm-hmm. which is just as well because often it isn't. All it is is drawing uh, adequately enough for me to get my joke over. <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, I, and I could draw. I went through a phase in the summer of drawing stick men because I just thought I was so fed up of putting so much effort into, you know, drawing this joke. And I just drew them with, I drew sort of, you know, 20 jokes with Stickman. I was like, oh my God, why am I doing, you know? Because <laughs> it, as soon as you have draw a proper person, you have to choose what their hair's going to look like, what they're going to wear, what, you know, what they're, they're yeah, are they going to have a, you know, you've got to think about everything. Whereas if you're doing Stickman, one stick man person says to the other stick person, da 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 and there's your joke. <laughs> but actually, that was almost like a practice. I thought I got that out of my system. I thought, no, actually, I do prefer drawing more specifically a person that I would recognise as a person because I, I think f- you do lose something in a stick man. Yeah, I bet, and that's what I was going to say. That I bet that you, um, when you do a stick man, the joke has just got to be. It's got to be. It's got to pop yeah. the joke. Whereas the the artwork, if it's a bit more elaborate and shows kind of mm. what's going on, that. Borrows to the joke as well, so it yeah. kind of marries up a bit. Yeah, because yeah. I always think the, the the better the drawing, the it's almost like it's funnier be, that you've just stuck a facetious joke on it. Yeah, you know, like if you were you put so much effort into this and it's gone, and that's almost better, isn't it? Because you've put so much effort into it, and all it is is a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever get um, joke uh, sort of writer's block? Because sometimes you've got deadlines. You, 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 uh, people will know your work from My Shrewsbury magazine. Uh, it's round the bend, isn't it? Yeah. Round the bend from My Shrewsbury. Uh, so Katie's like, yeah, we've got, we've got like four days uh, yeah. until you've got to get in. And oh, don't you've like, just reminded me. I need to draw the back page. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's, she's, said, she's I'm sitting here Katie. eating biscuits with you. <laughs> <laughs> she's on it. Um, yeah, do you ever get writer's block? Is no, I don't, ever, I don't ever lack for ideas. That's not to say that I lack for good ideas but I will always have an idea I'll always be able to do something for you what I find comes and goes is the actual ability to draw like yesterday I could not draw the face the way I wanted it to because there was just something I wasn't feeling it and I, I don't sort of often buy into that I'm not feeling it well you've got to feel it you've got to finish your job it's like you know 
when I was in advertising, it doesn't yeah. matter if you, you can't say, oh, the inspiration didn't strike me today. Well, I'm paying you for it to strike you. So can you go back and have an idea? So I've got, always got that in the back of my head. You have to be able to do it. Yeah. Whereas, I mean, I might as well have just banged my head against the desk yesterday. So I think <laughs> the ability to draw naturally and quickly, that, that's like a kind of a breeze. Sometimes it comes in and I have like an amazing week and I've been productive and I've drawn everything's come out the way I wanted it to and then other days it's just like it's just not happening yeah that must be heartbreaking for you because of you know, deadlines things like that but mm. like you've got you've got a natural ability and everybody has a bad day at the office but your natural ability can't happen on a bad day at the office can it because you've mm. got to get it right yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. So you'll know if something turns up as a stick man, you'll know what's happened. <laughs> like if the back page for the next, for the Christmas My Shrewsbury is just a stick man, yeah, you'll know that I didn't get it back. <laughs> <laughs> Tad's just gone, uh, yeah. that'll do. <laughs> Tad FB is unwell. <laughs> God, please. Uh, I had a bad night. I mean, last night I did a, record, a recorded show at 11 o'clock. So my day yesterday was ridiculous. Ridiculous. And I was exhausted and I was fed up. I was wet. I'd been wet and through and for, mm-hmm. I, I kind of got in from work had a business meeting and then um uh a part had come from my car and uh Shane could only do it at like five o'clock which meant I had like three hours sleep after a night shift so I went and did that stood in the rain for like an hour and a half the car wasn't fixed I was fed up came back had to write create put together a show record it at 11 o'clock and by the time I've, got, I've gone live I've gone <sighs> Yo, <laughs> it's just one of those things. Dig deep, <laughs> absolutely. And then the BBC messaged me. I woke up yesterday at sort of like half past four um, because that's what I did. I rolled out of bed and drove to Shane. Oh, got to Shane's, um, and the BBC were like, "Oh, you're going to come in the oh, morning." The BBC are they harassing you again? Oh god! Oh, god. I don't want to do what a Michael. A, what a tough life! No, no, I, I don't want to do a Michael Scott like. Oh, the BBC! I was on the radio. <laughs> I love going on the radio. I love. I love the fact that I can go on there and just uh, so many more people hear the, the name of the Shrews Biscuit. You know, that's mm-hmm. what I love about yeah. that. But I was just like, I really want to do this thing, but I'm, I'm absolutely exhausted. I did it, but I don't think it was a very good interview this morning. I've got to say, if anybody that heard that. Um, I was just kind of, I, I kind of, when I'm tired, I kind of stammer a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. I kind of struggle, uh, 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 you know, it's one of those things, I don't know. Um, so becoming, being funny on a regular basis is just a case of, if you think about it too hard, it becomes harder, or can you just step away from it, and then all of a sudden it'll, um, it'll pop. I, my strategy is to think about it really hard, <laughs> and to, you know, throw it all down on a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. And just to keep going, like I say, it's the advertising background. There is an idea in there somewhere. You've just got to keep digging, and then you kind of you know, you'll get sent off in, you know, down one route, or and then you might find that's a cul-de-sac, so you back up, and then you go down another route, and then <laughs> um, if none of that's worked, then it, you know, get up and go and make a cake, or get up and go for a run, or you know, get off, okay. off off your desk and go and do something completely different for an hour. So it's not a case of just sitting and staring at a blank wall, just kind of... Well, uh, I mean, I think I think you can kind of recognise in yourself whether the, the staring at the wall has become unproductive. Because I find staring out a window is... I just, just turn the chair just around. Just turn around, look out the window, look at the birds, or no birds, or just pretend you're looking at a bird, but you're just, you know, middle distance, white yeah. noise... Um, something will come and yeah. if it doesn't then you know sack it off and go and do something for, for an hour if you can afford to do I, that I, I, I you know I've, I've been putting shows together for, for you I mean sometimes with uh, the older day in the older days I would create this just reams of notes just like these things that we're going to talk about especially in the early sort of Thor's 
fucking days. Mm. And sometimes, like, there wouldn't be a lot happening during the week, and you'd be kind of like, what am I going to talk about? And you'd have to just sit there and think, like, oh, my God, uh, there's no new movies out. There's no video games. Out. Nobody's died. Like, what am I going to talk about? Uh, and you'd have to just, like, like you said, just sort of, like, put the things together because you've got, like, uh, a couple of hours before you hit record. Yeah. You know, yeah. it, there's nothing worse than that panic. Yeah. But it does create something. Do you think it's a bit like when I, um, in the old days when you used to just go into a supermarket, you know, happy-go-lucky going to a supermarket. And before I stepped into that supermarket, I knew categorically the 10 things I had to pick up. And as soon as I walked across the threshold of the supermarket, poof, gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It happens to me all the time. I mean, I was talking about uh, on the show a couple, a few weeks ago that um, my kind of social anxiety is comparable to... Okay, so when I go into a shop, I feel like I'm... I've been in there too long. I've overstayed my welcome. I'm mm-hmm. being watched. That's my. That's what social anxiety feels like for me, um, and that's always yeah. It happens a lot. Me in the shop. I don't know what that is. You mean um, sort of COVID era? No, 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 no. I mean like in general, forever. Like that's how I've do always you, felt. Do you feel like, you like give shoplifter. off shoplifting vibes? Yeah, do you yeah, think? Yeah, like this weirdo's been. That's oh, funny. I wouldn't have cast you as a shoplifter. No. 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 No, it's, just, it's, it's a weird thing I, I kind of you know. but that's how I feel all the time mm-hmm. whether I'm in the shop or not it's, just, mm-hmm. it's a weird thing it's that um, imposter syndrome I don't know what that is I've, I've never been able to put a label on it but unless I'm behind a microphone when I'm in front of a microphone yeah. I'm like hey welcome to the shoes and biscuits <laughs> sit down let's get you a drink um the cartoon festival. Yes. It's, it's been a turbulent oh, year oh the card yeah well I mean obviously everyone's had it fairly wobbly haven't they this year yeah so i mean i've been looking yeah. at the river today thinking no yeah we can't we've don't. obviously we've done a flood we've got we've got currently living through pestilence yeah. so we're waiting for plague what, what are we going to have next in shrewsbury um shane chebsey who is um he does the weekly bazaar with me says they've, they they reckon they found an, an, a planet that's better than earth i don't know there's some story and i was like well say goodbye to humanity then because then we'll be like to just wait okay see you later bye we're gone <laughs> screw you guys we're going like do you, know. do you not think we're all actually a computer simulation though oh like elon musk does like he reckons oh does he like, does he adhere uh, to that uh, no, more that um we are cyborgs because we've got these the phones that we carry on <laughs> we're cyborgs <laughs> No, we're not a simulation, but I do think there's a lot of uh, of a civilization that is a product of simula- simulations, sort of uh, experiments. So let's let's see how this goes in society. Let's see how this goes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do feel like uh, that's kind of where we are at the moment. Um, with COVID, I feel like um, I take it very seriously. Of course, you know I wear masks everywhere, social distancing, I clean everything down. Um, I'm very respectful of that. I teach my. Um, I got into a big argument with a really good friend who's going down the um, the YouTube uh, oh, sort of yeah. Uh, yeah the conspiracy theory thing rabbit hole. Mm. Um, it's really bad, it really, and it's really not good for people. Whether you're one way or another, where you think about one thing or another, it's not good to. To, so that you feel like you have to affect people's lives with it every single mm-hmm. day. That's not healthy. Yeah. Um, but with COVID, I do feel like there are things being used. Uh, I think COVID's been used as a way to cut, sort of like mold people a little bit. I feel like at the moment, like there's a lot of people going, what? why are you doing that? Why are you closing the pubs an hour early? Why are you doing that? And like, I didn't understand why they closed the pubs an hour early. I did. I mean, I'm not that I'm a big drinker or anything like that, mm-hmm. but an hour early what why why don't you close the pubs altogether or you know what what's i don't get it i don't understand i presume i I don't know but i presume it's because there'll be some set of statistics somewhere that shows that you get larier and less able to Mm. adhere to social distancing the drunker you get past 10 o'clock it's been one of those years where i don't think i think everybody's just kind of like i don't know (laughs) 
exactly. <laughs> I don't know what's going yeah. on to help. There are some help. things we don't know, and that's pretty much everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm still on the river, thinking, please don't, don't do that again. But mm. um, what is going on with the, the cartoon festival? Because obviously we had the terrible news that we lost Tim. Oh, uh, that's so this sad. Year. Such a loss. That really hurt me out there because mm. I was just getting to know the guy. Uh, and he was always pleasant when I spoke to him. So, like, the fact that I never got to know him properly was quite mm. sad. I can't sit there and say, oh, he's my friend and I miss mm. him. But, like, he was just a pleasant chap that I've met because mm. of the show, you know, so. Yeah. And yeah, he- no, we, um, I mean, personally, we feel the loss of Tim very yeah, keenly. Bet, yeah. um, the festival, as, a, as an entity, feels it very keenly because he did so much. Mm. Like, he, you know, it was always like, Tim, would you be okay sorting that out? And Tim would go, yes, that's <laughs> and he'd go off and he'd sort it out. And, you know, he did all the publicity for us and things like that, you know, because he knew everyone, didn't he? So, you yeah, know, yeah. He, he, um, he, he put out our message beautifully. And what I think I found intriguing about Tim is um, when we were planning our first interview, which was the Beatles weekend, I believe, uh, we were planning it a couple of weeks before and we were chatting on Messenger. And he was very blunt on Messenger. He was kind of like, yes, <laughs> no maybe it was just but that's how he was well then I was like oh my god this guy's gonna be a nightmare to speak to oh my god look how blunt he is on the message <laughs> met him he's lovely yeah he's a really nice guy such a nice person yeah yeah, um, yeah. so yes uh, we are all feeling the loss of uh, of Tim but where does it leave you guys now we're planning the, the cartoon festival well um, what's happening um, what is happening is that uh, this Sunday actually I'm going to meet Sarah Knapp who is now I think she's the director. She's basically, she's in charge. Okay. Um, because Bill McCabe uh, has stepped down at the end of last year, or beginning of this year. He stepped down as festival director and he directed it, but Sarah had been on board for years as well. So she's taken over. And because we had to, well, we did nothing in the April festival when it was all originally scheduled for obvious reasons. Um, what the festival committee have managed to do is they've managed to get the exhibition aspect of that, which the festival does every year, and that's back up and running. And that is being hung this weekend at the Bear Steps. So obviously we don't have any of the events we don't have any of the cartoonists we, um, we obviously don't have the big boards that we used to have in the square because um, we can't do that um, but the aspect which was, I always thought one, it was one of the biggest aspects of the festival is going ahead and that's the exhibition in the Bear Steps so that's where you can go and see all the cartoons that were submitted along the theme of Vision 2020 uh-huh. nice. um, and I think upstairs what they're doing is there's a, a second theme for this exhibition is no one saw it coming so as you can as i'm sure you saw everywhere there is you know there was a lot of material for cartoonists in covid so there's a whole separate exhibition up there and we i think we've been invited to submit two cartoons minimum maximum otherwise it would be you know total overload (laughs) um on the theme of the pandemic oh wow so people I think it opens on a Monday I don't know if it's open on Monday or Tuesday I'll get in touch with Bibs and see see what's up see if we can go take some pictures because I love I love Bear Steps Uh, it's a great place to go go in there drop 50p in the the box there uh, because they need all the help they can get some guy crashed into the building (laughs) a while ago I shouldn't laugh because it's terrible Fish Street yeah somebody hit with the 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 stilts the wooden stilts Imagine crashing into a 617-year-old, 700-year-old building. Imagine being that guy. <laughs> if you listen to the show, um, we love you. Just, just don't come anywhere near the parade while I'm in here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
the, the, um, yeah, I, I, I'm going to get some pictures of that. Yeah, do come come yeah. down and see it. And I'm presumably, I mean, I know I was in there for for other exhibitions, and um, there's, uh, you know, the numbers are limited to go in, so you can be socially distanced when you go in. It's all very responsible. So is Luke going to be there? Luke Crump is he going to be doing some of that? Because no, well, there's basically no cartoonist going to be there. Oh, um, I don't know whether he's submitted. He might have submitted for the. Oh, okay. the so, um, he's a great guy I like Luke, him. Luke's an absolute star so he was going to do a big board this year yes. and he was also going to do a workshop um, all our workshops I'm very very grateful to our three workshoppers who we're going to lead our festival workshops They're gonna, they've agreed to come back next year fingers crossed you know we yeah. can just pick it up as it, and, so. and start all over again and I'm not even going to go there that we're not doing it that way. At this Positive stage, we're, we're just going to assume yeah. it's happening. Put it in the diary. Yeah. Put it in the, I was chatting to my boss. Um, if he listens to this, how's it going, boss? Um, about the podcast. Because this is what I do in work. I walk into work and I go, hey, I've got a podcast. Do you want to talk about the podcast? I've got a podcast. And they're like, oh, oh God, it. it's Alex and his podcast. Yeah, yeah. And I was talking about what, we do, what we've been doing on USUC. Um, what's the difference uh, the last sort of month? We've had a lot of, like, sort of... Spirit. Oh, is that? I just got. I didn't realize that's how you pronounced it. Yeah, it's you an suck. extra joke. Yeah, I love it. I love it. <laughs> you suck. Uh, we did a, we did this um, a Photoshop thing last night on the live show, where we get people to send in Photoshop things, and I put I called it "You suck at Photoshopping." <laughs> it's, great. It's, it's good fun. Um, uh, but we've we've spoken to a lot of sort of spiritual healers and things this month. Uh, it's it's been it's been it's been an interesting one. Because none of us are kind of believers and all that, mm-hmm. none of us are. So this has been like an education for okay. us. And we're, we're, we're proper journalists. Like, the Thorskin days have gone where it's all um, inappropriate jokes. You know, we want to find out about culture. We want to dis- discuss discover these things. Uh, I don't even know where I was going with this. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you were talking about spiritual healers. Yeah. Um, and it's just been one of those... I don't you suck not... at Photoshop. Yeah. Um, Luke? <laughs> talking about that oh god yeah anyway uh, it's been an interesting month <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about luke was it anything to do with luke i don't know why you I suck at photoshop um you suck um i, I okay, are you so, editing no, this no, no, bit no, out no no, 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 no i'm gonna keep it in because it's funny <laughs> i was talking to my boss in work, and he was i was been talking a lot learning a lot about positive thinking there we go that's what okay that's my trainer for and i was saying i learned this thing put it in the diary and it'll happen Okay. You put it in the diary and it'll happen. So this is what we'll do with the uh, the the uh, cartoon festival. Right. So we'll all, I want everybody in Shrewsbury just to think it's going to happen. <laughs> it'll happen. It'll just happen. What are you working on in the meantime then? Um, um, I've just started online. It's not online, is it? It's on social media, launching on social media platforms. <laughs> um, a new cartoon series called In the Olden Phrase. Yes. Um, which you very kindly follow. Thank I you. Do. I do. Um, I didn't for a while because I didn't know what it was until you were like, I'm doing this thing. And I was like, oh, okay, that's you. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's nice. quite difficult. Um, you know, you can put certain messages out, but everyone's busy. So no one necessarily has time to see that, you know, on one account you're saying, come and have a look at this account. You know, mm, it, yeah. yeah. I mean, I've got a lot, lots of lovely people have come across and followed me. So that's very heartening. So it's my series that's... Um, based on buzz speak and buzz phrases and um, jargon, oh, modern contemporary yeah. jargon. Um, and I write it as a spoof phrase book, guidebook dictionary, because, you know, I'm just suddenly aware that 
there's all these new words popping into you know into day to day yes exactly and into day to day language and then things you know all of a sudden I going forward and uh, reaching out and and all these phrases are kind of like why, why what's reaching out why don't you just say you know getting in touch and and that's just because that's how language works isn't it yeah, it yeah. evolves and then all of a sudden you can't think of an alternative to the to the reaching out Especially and the, the to touching slang. face street yeah. slang is about for what like six months i remember when i first started working with young people that the wallet time was peak yo that's peak as in that's terrible as in peak practice i love that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Tim Peak, yeah, yeah I'm down with the kids. Peak Tim Peak. Like on TV. No. I don't think I even watched it. So I was too funny. cool. <laughs> Sorry, not really cheap. No, Sorry, Peak. Yeah. I've not. See, that's this is fascinating. I've never heard of Peak. So has Peak been and gone. It's like Peak. It's is peaked. Like, yeah, it's, it's gone. Yeah, it's yeah. peaked. It's gone. But peak is like this terrible. That, that, that's crap. You know, sort of thing. Oh, oh that's okay. Peak. So it's not because oh, I'd be going, "Wow, peak, that right. is Peak," and they'd be going, "What are you doing?" <laughs> What did you say to my friend? <laughs> <laughs> and there's things like it's lit and things like, you know, the street slag, I think is really funny. Yeah. Really funny. Yeah, it is. And, and, and it's, um, it's, there's, it's so rich. There's so much of it about, I mean, this is why I, I started the whole series because it was based on the series I started, um, that was in private eye for a bit. And there was so much material there was just like so many ideas I had sparked off um, all these phrases I was hearing and they were kind of firing the joke gland. <laughs> uh, they, they were firing, you know, the ideas of The synapses, off. there we go. Yeah. Um, that I started, I thought there's so much to here, I'm going to write a book. So I wrote it as a book and I'm, I, I have an agent for the book but nothing's happening sort of publishing-wise. So I thought, well, the, you these jokes are so of the moment, I'm going to start putting them out on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. See what you can do. Cause, because make... I might as well. Because like you say, with peak, yeah. you know, I can have a joke about a buzz phrase, but if it's gone by the time, you know, yeah. this reaches print, then what's the point? So That must hurt you because like to sell a book or to give jokes away for free, it's kind of like, you know, you're missing out on a bit of, bit of cash maybe, you know what I mean? It's... Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's it's difficult, isn't it? Because it doesn't mean that it won't ever be picked up. Yeah. Because often, you know, you can get like a collection of jokes that, you know, have already seen the light of day. Mm. Um, and, it, and it's still a nice thing to own. Um, but a lot of my work has come via social media. People have seen my stuff and then they've commissioned me to do other things. So yeah. actually, I mean, and to be honest, going right back to the beginning of the conversation as to why I started, not necessarily why I started doing cartoons, but why I started putting cartoons out there. And that was just as almost like to keep a presence. It was mm. almost like a shop window yeah, that, you know, I, I've had this joke and uh, all right, I'll put it out on social media. And then that became the thing that I did rather than it just being the shop window for the fact that I could draw things and maybe I could draw something for you. Yeah. So, you know, putting, having a, a sort of a regular output and keeps you present. And, you know, you can argue against that. You're giving your stuff away for free. Yeah, but me not giving my stuff away for free <laughs> is not going to get me any work, you know. It's not going to make any difference. This is the way the world is. You kind of have to it's accept like, it. It's like a business. We job. didn't. We didn't create this business model where everyone gives it away for free. Yeah. We're just kind of having to go along with it and make the best of it. 
Yeah, I mean, I suppose either way, one way of looking at it, it's not giving it away for free, really. You're advertising your, your skills, like you said, yeah. like you've just yeah. said. Um, and that's cool, and that's cool. And you're brightening people's day up a bit as well. Oh, you well, know. you know, yeah. You know, b- bit, bit of sparkle. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome, people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> When you when you work for someone big like Private Eye or mm-hmm. you know the, the things that you've done, uh, what kind of um, creative restraints are put on you? Like, are you allowed to just go crazy, or they're like, well, we need this and you can't use that, and you did you know. the, the relationship really isn't like that. It certainly wasn't like that for me. It was you do your thing and you send it in, and if we like what you've done, we'll use it. Yeah, which is pretty much I think how it works for most submitting cartoonists. Um, there, there may be other people who have different relationships with publications, but certainly for the kind of like the, the, the gag cartoons, you you do your joke, send it in. Yeah. If they like it, they'll use it. That's it. That, I, that's sort of the extent of the relationship. I remember um, I used to do voices for this really really big podcast. Uh, I used to do like, accents and stuff. And um, the one time I remember him going and talking about this this footballer that was a Brazilian that lived grew up in Italy. Right? He's like, can you do this accent? I was like, okay, I'll give it a go, give it a go. I, I spent ages listening to this guy talk, recording bits that I didn't like, I wasn't very good, recording bits that wasn't very good. And then I eventually come up with something that was okay, sent it to him, he didn't even use it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. So, and I actually, I think that's a big part of what I do, and that is working hell for leather on a project that you put your heart and soul into and it never sees the light of day. Exactly, yeah. But that's actually that, that's almost part of it because even if the project doesn't get you to where you thought it would be, it's got you somewhere. Yeah. And, you know, things tend to lead on from things in a sort of slightly accidental, is roundabout it, way. Is it one of those things where you look at it and you're like, oh, well... Uh, at the time, you're like, but when you look back, you like, well, that was experience. Yes. <laughs> Put it down to experience. The mature part of me would say that. Yeah. And then the immature part of me would just like have a right old paddy and a strop and a shout. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's room to do both. I think yeah. it's healthy to do both. But those things, once you've submitted them um, and they, they haven't been used, they're still yours or do they own them? Yes, if they've not been used. You still, they're still they're yours. They're yours, yeah. yeah. So you can just put yeah. them in a scrapbook and then save them for a late rainy day, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so what, what 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 was it called again? The, the uh, it's thing? it's called um, in the olden phrase. In the olden phrase. And um, you can follow me on at olden phrase across social media platforms. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. Or if anyone finds me on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, then there'll be a link to um, the olden phrase on there as well. Oh, that's fantastic. How did you meet Katie and end up in my Shrewsbury? Social media. Social media. Yeah, so I mean, I'm actually a late convert to social media because I didn't, I couldn't bear the idea of it. Like the, the noise and people just, you know, like, this is what I had for my lunch. And yeah. So I didn't join it until, until about four years ago. Wow. Um, and I joined it specifically, like I say, to have with the purpose of having it as a shop window for especially for my... Instagram. Instagram's perfect for it. Yeah, and again, um, Instagram, I was the, I was late to. Mm. I've been doing that a few years, um, and so I saw on Facebook that Katie was starting a magazine, and I'd been doing Round the Bend, which was a, a local cartoon based on the ducks on the river. And I thought, ah, okay, this is it, right? So I sent her some stuff, you know, saying, this is what I do. Would you be interested in using it? And she said yes. And yeah, 
She's ace, Katie. So She's we had her on the, the show a couple of weeks ago. I listened to that, yeah. She, she was amazing. Brilliant. I'm so glad to have had her on the show. And we've been like literally messaging, like, because me, me and Katie, it was a case of, she'd be like, oh, we need to go for coffee. I'm like, yeah, okay. And then a few weeks later, like, well, we need to go for a coffee. Yeah, okay. You know, that's how that, that relationship went. Like, we'd meet each other at events and things like that. But um, now, since that show, we've been constantly messaging about ideas. Because I've got mm. some, I don't want to say them on the show because I don't want to ruin it. But we've got so many great ideas that we can work together with, you know. Mm. Um, and this is what people are doing at the moment, I feel, is like they're seeing the biscuit and they're like, how can we use the biscuit to do something special and I think that's what the bid did with the so stories that were, they've been released now they're kind of like what can we do with Alex and it's okay he's a producer we can make some stuff for us and we yeah. did it was nice um, it was um, it's a it's a great journey it really is <laughs> um, so um, with with you at the moment um, with COVID how COVID's been going mm-hmm. um, have you been doing a lot of extra artwork have you been driving yourself crazy at home or well, is this just the norm for you <laughs> Yeah, it hasn't actually affected my output at all. The only thing, there was lots of material at the beginning, but of course the irony was that I had then had my entire family at home. Not my, well, my entire family, the, the four of us, we were mm. all at home. My husband's a teacher. Mm. My kids are school-age kids, so they, all of a sudden everyone's at home and we're homeschooling. And I was like, well, I've got all these ideas. That's brilliant. You know, there's no lots of material. I can't, I literally, I have no time. I've got to sit down and pretend I know how to do fractions. <laughs> <laughs> I got quite good at fractions. It's all gone. Um, <laughs> like French and Yeah. So actually it was, it took a long time for me. And, and actually at the beginning when the lockdown first happened, I was just like, my work, it can go to the side. It's fine. We've just got to get through and do this apart from, you know, the, the things that had the deadlines. So I worked very little at the beginning. It was all about just staying sane. And your artwork, I guess, can be sent digitally or do you have to... It's all digital. Yeah, so yeah. that's easy. Yeah. That's easy. It's, yeah, it makes it very, very simple. You have to send it via... Yes, if I've got to the point of actually... Yes, <laughs> if I've got to the point of actually drawing the picture, that's the job done. Then it can just click and off it goes, you know. <laughs> Katie's fine. She's happy with that. She really enjoys that. Yeah. Um, I mean, what's Katie like as, 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 as she sent, ever sent things back? Or she just generally delight, delighted? Oh, with she's you? awful. <laughs> no, she's not. In fact, often I think she's far too kind and she lets me get away with things. Um, but she's generally, she just, yeah, brilliant. Do yeah. it. Just pun away. Yeah, do pun, what you want. Pun away. <laughs> I love it. Um, I've I've really enjoyed chatting to you. Honestly, this has been really nice. We should do it again sometime. Yeah. Uh, the, with the cartoon festival, I would because um, we know each other on, on Instagram and, and Facebook things like mm-hmm. that. Send me any links for the the, the cartoon festival, um, yes. the dates and things. Um, and you know, people, please go and visit it. Go to Bear Steps and look at the look at the exhibition there because yes. you're going to be able to see what your local art, local cartoons cartoonists and artists can do. You yeah. Know? Um, but they're um, I mean, it's a the contributing cartoonists are there's some massive names in cartoons like really you know like proper cartoonists not just me you are a proper cartoonist and and you can actually buy you can buy the artwork I think what we're very bad about at the cartoon festival is saying it's a selling exhibition so not only can you go for free and look and you know enjoy all the jokes but you can actually if you want to own a piece of art and a lot of them are original drawings Mm -hmm. um, you can buy them Yes, and the money goes to the cartoonists and some to the cartoon festival. Yeah, it's the big party next year. 
Exactly. <laughs> when all this will be over. <laughs> um, yeah, you've been able to talk to. Thank you so, so much. You're welcome. Um, Thank you for having me. No, it's been great. Um, and, you know, I mentioned the So Stories. Um, uh, you should definitely check them out. They're, they're really, really cool. Um, I'm so proud of them. Um, they are four um, audio tours that we put together uh, for four locations around Shrewsbury. Um, there's Old St. Chad's. You can sit, you can press play, and you can just hear talk, hear Maggie Love talk about the history of, of Old St. Chad's. There's St. Mary's, which is... Uh, you know, in front of us at the uh, by the parade shops here, um, and there is uh, <laughs> the castle with the amazing Nigel Baker. He's one of the one of the best historians in in town. Um, and there is as well there is the other one, which is Bear Steps. Bear Steps and Bips. I will check those out. They're really really good. Um, go go to the original Shrewsbury or Shrewsbury's Open. I think it's original Shrewsbury still the website, and there is a link for them there. They're called So Stories. Make some plans for lunch in town. That's what I said on the BBC earlier. Okay, this is this is my best way of putting it. Make some plans for lunch in town. Download them all. Go and go and find out all the locations and have a great day. <laughs> cheesy. <laughs> Give it a go. Uh, and also check out our website as well. Have you got a website? Can people check you uh, out? Yes, I am tat uh, hyphen <laughs> fbe double fby. dot hmm. <laughs> uh, com dot uk. Oh, sorry, yeah, .com. .com. <laughs> Make sure you check out Tess's website. And we've got one too, which is www.theshrewsburybiscuitpodcast.co.uk. Uh, all of our audio is available there. That's made by our friends at Web Orchard, who, uh, if you listen to this, Pete, I'm sorry about the, the deadline. I've been missing with uh, you suck stuff. I've been busy um, business stuff with the biscuit, you know. Um, and this episode has been recorded at the parade shops. Um, they, it, we are tucked behind uh, St. Mary's here. It's beautiful, beautiful row, uh, run of shops. Uh, make sure you check them out on, on social media as well. I think it's at Parade Shops on Instagram, on Facebook. Um, lots of colourful, bright things happening here. They've just Every time I come in here, there's something different. There's a fitness instructor now next door to the River, Riverview Cafe. She's just about to eat some biscuit. Yeah, She's probably going to have yeah, a yeah. burn off some calories. It's bad influence, bad influence. <laughs> <laughs> Tati, you've been great to speak to you. Thank you so, so much for You're joining welcome. me. Uh, guys, Thank you for having me. We'll catch you next time. Peace out.